This is Dragon Talk. Oh, hello, I'm Mark Griffiths from the Action Supporters Association's Football Commentary, bringing you another Dragon Talk. And later on, I'll be talking to Ultringham manager Graham Heathcote, looking forward to Tuesday's Satanta Shield match. But first, oh, I tell you what, he's a, a guest. I thought for a while I'd love to get on. One of my most enjoyable afternoons commentating on football was spent down at Brighton, the last time Wrexham played at the Withdean Stadium, which ludicrously has been their temporary home for quite some time, as they've really been messed around horribly. A club that has got great affinity to Wrexham, of course, their support during our troubled times was, was not just magnificent, quite frankly. I think it was one of the key sparks to actually sort things out. But I was fortunate enough on that afternoon to share the commentary box, with the PA box, with one of the, the genuine characters of British football, Attila the Stockbroker. The man's tremendous. Have a look on his website. There's some excellent poetry on there. The guy also does the PA announcements at Brighton, and I was delighted delighted to catch up with him to find out firstly about just how Robbie Savage has been shaping up for the Seagulls and then on to just about all of the matters football. You're the first person who came to my mind when I wanted to ask the question about uh, Robbie Savage to be honest with well, you. He's gone back. Oh right, so what was he like? Um, he started off, everyone thought he was quite, well first of all we, we were quite impressed that he decided to come and it was quite good for us because it was just on the back of the, of the win over Man City. Um, which was our first home win of the season. Uh, you know, we couldn't beat we, the Saturday before we lost a, a Walsall side. We were reduced to nine men by the 38 minutes. Um, so we managed to lose to a, to a team of nine men who scored once, they were reduced to nine men. And then the following Wednesday, we beat Man City on penalties in the cup. And that was after that that he came and he started off looking, well, quite good. I mean, sort of, you know, quite calm. He picked, does what he does. He picks the ball up and lays it off really and but after about seven games of him pick you know picking the ball up and laying it off without doing anything else mm-hmm. um everyone started to think well you know four thousand pound a week or whatever it was we haven't got any money you know this is a bit much really mm-hmm. i would say in the end probably on balance people would say not bad but certainly not worth twenty five thousand pound a week or whatever ridiculous he's getting paid mm-hmm. And um, and we only had to pay a tiny fraction of that. We don't exactly know how much, but ultimately not as good as many of the other on loan players that Mickey is now getting in. And we've just got Stuart Fleetwood in, who scored 28 goals in the conference last season and looks like he's going to be really good. Uh, we got Thornton, uh, Kevin Thornton in from Coventry, who is a really good kind of um, creative midfielder, sort of like Darren Curry kind of mould, um, and. Um, and we just, and we also just got Bradley Johnson from Leeds, who God knows why Leeds don't want to play him. He's fucking fantastic. He scored two goals on his debut for us against Leicester. Uh, so Robbie is going back, not with not with a, a sort of a re- rebuke or or with everyone saying he's shit, but I suppose just you know not really that impressed, not really that crap. So he didn't do. He was very good off the field. He went around the schools and did all the normal things. He didn't cause any trouble. He wasn't an arsehole. He wasn't an arsehole on the field. Didn't get into any fights. Only got booked once. You know, so I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. Actually, people who met him said he seemed like a really nice bloke, and that a lot of the stuff was obviously sort of media hype. But on the field, not brilliant and not shit. Mm. But obviously, playing for us at the level we're playing at, if that's the verdict from from Brighton and Albion supporters, then he ain't got much of a future at Derby County. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were very excited because he's a local lad for us, isn't it? Why it's... did he not want to come and play for Wrexham? Well, he did apparently. He did. Um, it 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 all sounds a bit peculiar. 
uh, he's always said he wants to finish his career with us. And although, admittedly, jump down to the conference from the Premiership last year seems like a, a pretty dramatic drop, but um, yeah. it seems, this is certainly how our media, the media down here reported this, and how I understand this, is that he, the deal was done. He was coming to us rather than yourselves. Right. And at the last second, Derby pulled the plug. That Savage had agreed that Wrexham had said the fee was the, the, the wages were no problem. Now we have got a, we've got an owner who's you know, pretty wealthy, and I think it's his own personal thing that he wanted to get Savage in, and Savage said he wanted to come. Um, that is very strange, then, if Derby would put the kibosh on it. Yeah. Because I don't think he's got much of a future there, frankly. I mean, I really don't. He, you know, he doesn't seem to me to have it. Uh, in him really to play in the championship anymore, I would say. He's a bit slow and, you know, I mean, oh, I mean, you know, in his heyday, he was a pretty, well, he was quite volatile, but a pretty good player. But I mean, I, no, not, as I say, not bad and not shit, but not, yeah. certainly not setting the world alight. Well, it was a bit odd. Their chief executive, he seemed to imply it was that they wanted him to have match practice and he should have it as a meaningful level rather than ours. So, you know, it's robust down here and there's a decent football down in the conference, to be fair. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yes, absolutely. I not from us, but <laughs> very much aware of that. I mean, why are you not doing? I mean, obviously, I was overjoyed as everybody was when when you finally got rid of the bastards. Why are you yeah. not doing better? Excellent question. Um, I think that uh, some people will say that the, the knights in shining armour, who you know, actually bought him out in the end, maybe weren't quite so great. Uh, they certainly are not keen on supporter involvement. Um, not at all. Um, there's a lot of controversy down here and friction down here because the, the owner, there's, there were two of them. One of them has now moved on, but the remaining one has made it clear that uh, although the supporters trust has got in excess of a quarter of a million pounds to buy equity in the club, that he's not interested. On what basis? Um, well, I, I suspect the real basis might well be this. I think he sees himself as, as the knight in shining armour. He gets rid of the bad guy by putting his money up front. He reorganises the club sets it up so it's set fair for the future, sells it on to a good guy, and then he can walk away and say, look at me, I'm, I'm a marvellous man. And, I, I, you know, I, I think he's genuinely in wanting to do that. Um, but he's always said, oh, I'll walk away in a couple of years. And Is I think that maybe if he's... That? Sorry? Is he actually a fan? Uh, he, he's a, he's, he's, he owns a sort of um, travel agency for millionaires, people in the Cheshire stockbroker belt. Um, and I think that there's genuineness to him. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think he's in himself... A problem. Um, he's, you know, he's put up players previously in his house, you know, before he was owning the club and things like that. So I think he is committed. His son's with us as well in our centre of excellence. I think he's he's genuine, but he does want to move on. Right. And um, I, I suspect, although I think there's a lot of other things, and both sides have handled it badly on occasions. I think, but I think the bottom line is if he sells out a quarter of the club to the supporters, it's it's a harder sell for him to then flog it on. You see, you see what I mean, and, and get yeah, his. His cut. I suspect that's the bottom line. Now, some people think there's something more malicious going on. My gut feeling, but I was wrong about Gutterman last time at first, I must admit. Um, my gut feeling is that, no, I think he is genuine. But um, some, some of the ways he's handled things, like saying, oh, I've got £300,000, which I'll put into the club, as long as the supporters give me their money just and don't ask for any equity. Well, what a stupid thing to say when you're about to drop out of the conference and you just reveal that you've got all that money which you could be throwing at the team. Yeah. you know. So I think he's handled it very badly. I think the supporters group sometimes maybe should have been a little more careful how they've you know, they've, been, they've responded volatilely to him. Understandably, because of what we've been through, there's, yeah. there's often a bit of a hair-trigger sense of, 
in that here comes another scoundrel. Maybe, maybe he is, but I suspect he isn't. But you know, everybody's looking over their shoulder, and everyone's paranoid here now after what happened last time. Really. Yes, absolutely. I can understand that. I mean, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not. I thought I, I was under the impression that things were were pretty good, um, and that you were sort of, um, you know, you were you were really heading off, um, you know, up, um, you know, sort of like back up, back up into the league again soon. I think theoretically, maybe they are, but, but <laughs> I think he also made a really bad footballing decision because he sacked Dennis Smith. And Smith has done ever so well on a rubbishy budget to keep us in League Two. Why I would, did he sack him? Do you think? I think because his amb- his ambitions were higher. Well, no, I th- I think I think this, the playing staff Smith had wasn't fantastic. It hadn't had much money spent on it, and I think in reality Smith was doing a pretty good job keeping us on a fairly even keel in League Two for a couple of years while they rebuilt. I All think right. he wanted us to push on. I think his attitude was right. The problems are gone now. I'm coming in. We deserve more. And we had we were having a, we had a mediocre first half of the season with Smith. But I think the players are shell shocked over the last couple of years, and you know, being demoted, yeah. and I think that, uh, well, everybody was stunned when he removed Smith. Very few people. It, it was it was mediocre. It wasn't wonderful, but I don't, there were very few people genuinely wanted Smith to go. And then he made a poor appointment in putting in uh, one of one of the coaches. He was a smashing fella, but probably wasn't a good call. Yeah. And then sadly, Brian Little has completely jumped the shark, and he was the total disaster. Um, he, what he inherited last season wasn't an impossible situation, but he made it that. And to be fair, again, this bloke who owns the club, in the January transfer market, he put his hand in his pocket and he let Little bring 13 players in. That totally failed. He's let him bring another nine in this summer, and that totally failed. And so what, they're just, it's just really bad, really bad player selection? Quite a lot of it, yeah, and putting square pegs in round holes. And, and as well, you know, he had to cull in the summer, which he had to do because of this mentality, losing mentality, but he got rid of some decent players in the process. So you look at the conference now and you think these guys would have really... You know, got rid of the wrong ones. Right. And um, and I, I just genuinely, I think the way he set things up, because Saunders, <laughs> admittedly, in the last week, <laughs> the bubble burst with Dean Saunders in the FA Cup and we lost to Eastwood, but in the first first three games... The team looked totally different just because Saunders has organised things and done the obvious basics. And and it looks a hell of a sight better. Little had lost them completely. It was such a lovely sort of calm fella. <laughs> they needed yeah, a well, teacup thrower. We have fond memories of Dean Saunders from years ago. Although yeah. we're not fond memories of the way he was sold for £60,000 yeah, yeah. uh, to Oxford United and then went for about a million a few months later. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I mean, I'm, you know, as I say, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit saddened to hear that you, you aren't completely out of the woods. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than you than the situation you were in before, yeah. presumably. But you know, it's still obviously not completely sorted. That's a, it's a shame. I mean, I'd be looking at the table, thinking it's a bit odd that Wrexham up near the top. I mean, we got, you know, Crawley doing pretty well yeah. um, but you know we might have another Sussex team in the league before long I mean I, t- I don't think they'll last the pace yeah. to be honest but they're, they're doing alright at the moment it's a very odd league it really yeah. is it's um decent standard of play but defending isn't as good as the football league and neither is finishing you know mm. um, and it's strange and we've been I mean, it's, everyone's beating each other it's so ludicrous that we've we've been poor for big stretches of the season under little and yet we're still really close to a promotion spot. And I was chatting to Altrincham's manager this morning, and he said he fancies us to go up as champions on really? what he's seen so far. It's a very odd league. And the one, I know it's a cliche, the one team that hits form now will win the title. Yeah. And that's that. And, and under Saunders' first three games, 
<laughs> frankly, I was sitting there thinking, well, this is the best football I've seen from any conference team all season. We're all right here. And we are getting, I mean, financially, we're a powerhouse. We've had the two biggest crowds of the conference season so far. Um, but then they were terrible last Saturday at home to Eastwood and Drew. We just lost two young midfielders that Saunders, I think, had built the team around. And then and then in midweek, <laughs> they lost the replay at Eastwood. Yeah. And you it suddenly think, um, two deep leagues below us. Yeah, and they were doing their hard work and organised, but you know they were genuinely enthusiastic. But we shouldn't have lost to them. And I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle them. But yeah, I've done as bad as Lewis. They managed to lose to a, basically a pub side the other yeah. night. Well, um, we are playing them tomorrow, so Lewis. So that should be interesting. Yeah, well, I mean yeah. Lewis are, are right, right up shit creek. I mean they, they, yeah. they did really well last season, and and then uh, this bunch of idiots that, that took the club yeah. over sacked the manager Stephen King, who you know brought in our well, I mean I know him very well, Kevin Key, who was our, who was our um, uh, basically, our um, community officer at Brighton as the manager, and he's got yeah. no ma- managerial pedigree at all. Um, and now they're trying to, now he's desperately trying to uh, sort of keep them up with signing sort of Brighton cast offs. I mean, they've got Hinchwood coming in tomorrow, yeah. Adam Hinchwood, who was, who's not a cast off at all. He was injured really badly and had just been had two years out of the game. He's just coming back. So, they, I mean, they, but I don't think they're going down. I mean, and <laughs> as I say, my wife's from Northwich, and they're not doing much better. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they managed to lose to FC Telford, you know, the yeah. reconstructed Telford team in, in the cup as well. Was there, can I just ask you as well, how how is it going, the whole ground relocation thing? Because that's dragged on horribly, isn't it? Well, it's dragged on horribly, yeah. I mean, basically, the... Um, the um, the you, I'm presuming you heard that, the, the, you know, the, the Prescott's office made a mistake, so yeah. they had to go back. Lewis put in... A, Lewis Council put in a, uh, an objection, so they had to go back, had to be redone... Um, we finally got the go-ahead about 18 months ago. Um, but with all the delays, and remember, this is something, when we, we lost the goals in 1997, and we submitted the first planning application in 2000. So, you know, this is just how long it's all dragged on. With all the delays, all the prices of steel and everything else have gone up, and um, so we had to, and so, so there, there, there needed to be modifications. So we've just submitted another new planning application um, which should be going through without any problem um, I mean you know the people that objected last time aren't going to object again because they, they know they can't win um, building work is starting um, and um, we're now projected to move in in 2012 mm-hmm. um, sorry two, um, what am I thinking what was 2011 um, so three years basically rather than two I mean, you know, and I mean, it is quite incredible to think that when we get there, it will have taken literally, well, 10 or 11 years from the, from the initial planning application going in to build a new stadium. It's just amazing. Incredible. Okay. It's something that couldn't happen anywhere else. It's all to do with where we are, with this yeah. thin belt of land between the Downs and the sea, where, you know, everybody's saying it's an area of outstanding natural beauty and all this stuff. And, I mean, it it, it isn't where, where, where the new stadium's going to be at all. But, I mean... It's always been a, um, a bone of contention, that whole thing. And, I mean, it, you know, that was just our bad luck because of where we are. And, obviously, more than that, um, before that, it was obviously what Archer Bellotti and Stanley did to the club, which put us in that position. Um, and that will never be forgotten. Well, but, I, mean, I mean, we're stuck at, at Withdean. It's not, I mean, it's, it's shit. Everyone hates it now. Everyone really hates it. I mean, we're our home gates are, paradoxically, um, one of the problems for the club is everyone's so pissed off with Withdean. And, and it is expensive because you know all the 
costs and everything. Mm. A lot of people now are just saying, right, I'm not going to home games, just go to away games. So we get really good away crowds, but of course yeah. the club don't get any money for that. I mean, we're taking a thousand all over the place. Most places we go, there's over a thousand Albion there. Um, but of course the club don't get money for that. They get money from the home matches, and we're down to about sort of averaging about five eight, you know, to which is pathetic given our, you know, I mean, put it like this: when we get Falmer, I'm certain that we'll be looking at, um, you know, even not doing that well in the division we're in now, we'll be level five figure crowd. And if we start doing reasonably well then we could easily be getting up to fifteen, twenty thousand. I mean, we, there's a huge sort of catchment area. There's so many fickle kind of Albion sort of fans, in inverted commas, around here who come and watch us if we're doing well. And if we're not, then they just sit in the pub and watch Sky. Very sad. Yeah, yeah. We, we have the same idea with our yeah, North Whalian catchment area, so I don't know, but well, I hope we can sort it out for you. And um, oh, you know, yeah. there's a, that's such a big, you know, well of goodwill between Wrexham and Brighton. I've got my Wrexham Brighton yeah. scarf in the other room, and yeah, so I hope it's always. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I hope that we can play again in the league soon, but not well, because you've come down any closer to us, <laughs> just because we've managed right. to come back we'll up to you. you coming back up. Well, yeah. that's, got to, that's the way it needs to be. You coming back up, not us going down any further. We've we've had our fill of that. I mean, having nearly gone out of the league ourselves in '97, as you know, in the game of death against Wrexham. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to be anywhere, anywhere near down there anymore. Well, I mean, this season, frankly, I think we'll. I think we'll do okay. I mean, it's 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 not it's not it's not brilliant, but it's not that bad. I mean, we're we're we're, we're getting we're getting. Well, I think we'll be getting better soon. I mean, Adams has come in. He's got some good contacts. We're getting some good players in. He's just sort of fiddling around at the moment. But I think eventually, um, we'll. I would hope to think we'll be up near the playoffs by the end of the season. So fascinating, and go to his website. Like I said, it's a it's a really good read. Also, I had a chat, as I mentioned earlier, to Graham Heathcote, the Altrincham manager. Altrincham, of course, have turned things around dramatically after a poor start to the season, and we faced them on Tuesday. Especially considering our grim performances in the cup over the last week or so, and knowing that we may well make a, an early exit from the Santa Shield the first time that we've entered the competition. You must be really pleased. Things have have turned around a bit lately, haven't they? It's also really picked up. Well, we've had a good month, and it's only a good month if we have another good month. Mm-hmm. Um, in this league, if we had a bad November, we'd be back scrambling amongst the people at the bottom, wouldn't we? Because that's that's how simple it is in this league. If you have three or four wins together, you can shoot up this league. But you have three or four defeats together, and you're back you're back scrambling again. So we don't get carried away with it. Yes, we're pleased with it, but. Uh, We've been in it for four years now and had nothing but battles against relegation for four years, so um, we're aware of the consequences should we not continue it, shall we say. It's, it's, it's a strange league, isn't it, the way everyone seems able to beat each other, and you've seen a lot of sides now. I mean, it's, there's no obvious teams that seems you know, pulling away at the top at all. No, no, it's a very, very even league this season. Um, and I think, if I'm honest with you, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be fallout from... Financial repercussions, mm. I think. Too many teams push the bow out in this league to, I don't know, chase the holy grail, really, as you call it, for them to get back in the football league um, or prove that they can be a football league club, having never been one in the time. Um, and I think the financial implications are going to come on top of a lot of people this season, as they have been doing for the last three or four years. But it's more, more been individual cases. I think mm. there could be a cluster of clubs this year that have major problems. And yourselves, I guess, have, have, have done well to maybe have a, show a bit more common sense financially. Yeah? Well, we've shown a lot of common sense. We had £700,000 of the debt five years ago. We've paid that off. 
We've never paid a penny fee in, in a fee for a transfer for a player. We've never paid a penny in a signing on fee. We've only this season have we started to give some contracts out. We've been operating totally on a non-contract basis because that gives you the freedom to not be tied to contracts, obviously. Mm. And our ethos has totally been the survival of the football club and whatever division that that was going to be in. Um, when you've come to the brink twice like we have, um, it's you sort of. And I've been here a long time, thirty odd years. You sort of. Well, if you don't learn along the way, then you're a bit of a fool, aren't you? Mm. Um, so we know the possibilities of not doing things correctly. Mm. Um, and we don't want to go down that route ever again, or certainly not in my time here. So we do things with whatever we can afford to do. Um, I'm sure we must have the lowest budget in the league. I'd be astonished if anybody operates on a lower budget than us. Um, and in comparison to some of the budgets that are here in this league, um, you know, we are we are small minnows in this league in, in reality, but uh, we do our best to survive, as I say. Mm. It must, you must have seen incredible change at the conference level over those times because, of course, things were very different, what, say, only ten years ago, maybe even five. Well, I would say I've seen a, a great difference in terms of a lot of teams going full-time. I certainly don't think I've seen a great difference in level of football or standard of football. Yeah. I honestly believe that. Um, I don't think the standard is any greater just because teams are full-time. Yeah. Um, teams come down I mean I'm a great believer me I mean I've only been in non-league all my life but I honestly believe four five six years ago teams should have gone part time um, and then we wouldn't have had all the financial shenanigans that you have nowadays um, administration and CVAs and all that um, but what happens people panic the teams that get into the either the football league I think was probably the greatest example the teams that went in part time and found themselves struggling panicked and then and said, well, we can't survive in this unless we go full-time. And I only felt it was, you just needed someone to go in part-time and do really well. And I think a lot of the full-time clubs would have started mm-hmm. to look at part-time angles. I understand there's the uh, the ego part of things where people don't want to be classed as a part-time side. But, you know, in life, you, you have to be what you can afford to be. And there's no question about it in football. People are live beyond the means. Mm-hmm. And also there are teams who are still part-time who, who show success in the conference yourselves. Well, you've got Histon for the start. Well, for start yeah, yeah. I mean, they do three three nights a week, I think it is, they do. But mm-hmm. they're up there. Um, and you can compete. I mean, the difference is competing and actually winning things, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, people push about out to win things. I understand the clamour for the league clubs that have come down to want to get back. But this is a tough league. This is a tough mm-hmm. league to get out of. And I do think an awful lot of people underestimate it. And I think looking at it from a Wrexham point of view, you talk about maybe underestimating things, that you were the first part-time club that we played. And, you know, it was a wake-up call for us to come to you because in terms of, I mean, stamina and organisation, you were, you were tremendous. And that was a, a hell of a hard <laughs> game that, that we had there. But that's the easy part, isn't it? Mm. You know, everybody in football should be capable of being fit yeah. and organised. It's a, what wins your games of football is the quality invariably of what your strikers are mm. um, you know and I think Wrexham started off with the right idea in terms of this league um, and it's just gone a little bit awry for them um, but I'm, I'm, if, if, if someone was to ask me now who I think could well do the job this season and, and get promoted automatically I would, I would say Wrexham mm-hmm. I'd say take that totally out of account the FA Cup results and things like that, they can happen any year any to anybody. Um I just I just think now they've got um what's what do I think they've now got that they didn't have? Maybe a greater passion mm-hmm. for the job in hand. And I think the people that are now in charge there are gonna play on that passion side of things. Yes, you obviously need probably to get some better players to actually 
win it, which I'm sure they'll do because of I think January was a big time for Wrexham in terms of what they bring into the club. Um, but I just, I just, just a gut feeling I have looking at results, looking at performances that I, I just think they may well have. I suppose woken up. I suppose is the best way to describe it. Woken up to the difficult task that it is in this league, and that's no not being disrespectful to Brian Little at all. He was fully aware because he won it 12 years ago with Darlington when he was part time. Um, but there's just something. I think Dean Sons have brought something to the club um, that's going to give everybody, I think, that bit more pride in 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 the achievement of getting back to the football league. Whether it's this Welsh thing or not, I'm not sure. Maybe it is, um, but I just get a gut feeling that the they've turned the corner in terms of what the job is and what the task ahead is. And uh, you know, I was sat with Brian Carey of a lot of time for a lot of respect for and Terry Darricott at the Burton game and I just got the feeling they know they know the task ahead and this one actually one, one final thing as well outstanding for you against us uh, it was Mark McGregor who was a superb player for us in the past you must be very pleased of him well he's done a great job he's what we call a steady Eddie isn't he? he knows his job he does his job he talks out there um, and uh, to be fair he wanted to he wanted to stay full time the lad but you know the offers didn't come in for him in terms of that or what the ones that were weren't weren't good enough and he had to turn his attention to part-time football. We were very lucky we picked him up. I think you do anyway. If, you, if you're patient, you can pick a good player up just before deadline, shall we say, at the start of the season. There's always some floating about that have been on trial here, there, trial there. And I think Mark's one of them. He's a good player that just didn't quite get the offer he wanted to be full-time. And um, we managed to pick him up um, as a part-time player. So, yeah, we're very lucky in that respect. So, Graham Heathcote fancies us. He's tipped us for the title. Let's hope he's right. I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham Supports Association's Football Commentary. This is Dragon Talk.